Hello and welcome to the Bankers podcast series, Banking in Transition. I'm James King, the Bankers Europe editor, and I'm joined today by Kate Willard, Estuary Envoy and Chair of the Thames Estuary Growth Board, to discuss the role that the Thames Estuary will play in the UK's economic future. Kate, thanks for being here today. So what is the vision for the Thames Estuary and what is your role in pushing that vision forward? Perfect. So and let's start with what, what is the Thames Estuary, because it's immediately iconic, isn't it? You've got a world famous river there, coterminous with London, the capital city. So already we're talking about a geography which is on the international stage. And I'm not sure if we're going to touch on freeports later, but we're looking at a place here which already has significant international reach, credible and authentic um, international trade. Practically speaking, our geography runs from the City of London Corporation out through to South End on the Essex coast, and on the Kent side, um, out through as far as as far as Margate. And and the clues in the title, isn't it? It obviously also involves the river. So really importantly, we work very closely with colleagues on the river, including the Port of London authorities. So the Thames Estuary is a effectively a new uh, economic geography identified by government. This work was started by um, Sir Michael Heseltine, concluded by Sir John Armit in the Growth Commission's report to government, which basically said, if we have growth, which is creep growth, incremental growth from London, we will not capitalise on the real opportunity for strategic growth across that territory. Um, and so, so that the estuary was shaped, the government's response was shaped, and it committed to creating the board and an envoy and uh, uh, this, this, the board being a, pro- a private public um, board um, to look at that growth, to spot that potential, really importantly, to prioritise and then to make sure that things are happening and that they happen on the ground. And I hope you get the flavour, James, as we talk, that we are uh, a very sleeves rolled up, and my sleeves are actually rolled up as I'm talking to you, uh, a very sleeves rolled up board. I will not be sending you 37 pages of thought leadership on this. I will be sending you the results of our investment propositions, um, our delivery plans and stuff changing on the ground. That's what we're committed to. We're, if you like, the Ron Seal of the growth world. We do what it says on the tin and uh, we are going to deliver growth across the Thames Estuary. So as you roll those sleeves up, or as those sleeves are already already rolled up, um, just how important do you think some of your work can be in driving the UK to a new future, one outside of the European Union and one which it really is becoming an independent player on the world stage? I think there's huge potential across the estuary, but let's touch on a couple of things there. Um, The first thing to say, whilst we are absolutely focused on growth, it's important to recognise that the the levelling up agenda is also a relevance to us on the estuary. Um, Originally, it felt as it was a rather binary discussion that it was around the north needs levelling up and everybody in the south is an affluent stockbroker. And and clearly that, that doesn't play out in any reality or fact. So we're looking very closely. We have some incredibly deprived communities across the estuary. And we're looking at all that factors, with all those factors within the levelling up agenda, everything from educational attainment to respiratory diseases in young children because of poor air quality, right through to jobs and skills and, and, and homes, etc. And we need to do some levelling up on the estuary. So it's important to say that 
the growth that we're planning is not going to have left behind communities in it and we're in the middle of developing a lot of a lot of data and narrative around this to ensure that we can have sensible conversations with government about leveling up a gender across the estuary because it's completely relevant but Let's look at that growth agenda. As I said, we were able to, based on the work of the Commission, based on government priorities, based on common sense. You know, this is a private public board. It's chaired by me. I'm private sector and have been for the bulk of my career, although I've always had a strong relationship with government. We have a private sector majority on the board um, and my private sector board members are extraordinary. Most of them have not had um, a role on a board like this before. So most of them are new. What that means, James, is they are very sharp. They haven't, I sometimes think that I've had my edges filed off slightly over the years as I've worked with government on so many things. But my private sector board members are not. They are razor sharp um, and, and world-class, really world-class. Um, this isn't a competition, but I would say without a shadow of a doubt, this is the strongest growth board in the UK. They are exceptional. Um, and so those private sector board members, along with my brilliant public sector colleagues and leaders, are helping to work out, looking at the Growth Commission's report, looking at government priorities, looking at just what do we need to drive growth. We're able to focus, looking through all of those lenses and the real issues that our local authority colleagues have, particularly in a sort of post-COVID slash COVID covid managed world what do we need to do to drive good green growth and, and and there's a whole raft of things in there aren't there some of it's around energy and we are innovating in this in this area to drive the development and delivery of a hydrogen ecosystem around the estuary and i'll come back to that in a second uh no when i'll stick with it right now because it's a really good example of the way that we work and why we are a, a necessary um, body uh, of people. You can't have a hydrogen strategy for FANIT. It won't work, it's too small. You need a hydrogen ecosystem to work around a coherent geography which has the right level of supply and demand in it to make sense. So the hydrogen piece is a really good example of something that we can lead on working with all, I mean, we're really up for partnership working and that doesn't mean I go to loads of bloody meetings all the time and talk for people for no reason, but we're good at having sharp working partnerships. Um, but also the hydrogen agenda is another good way of describing the sorts of things that we'll do and the sorts of things that we won't do. So. The piece of work that we have just commissioned around hydrogen is commissioning an investment strategy for the estuary. So it's not, you know, how do you make hydrogen? Or I wonder what would happen if we da 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 da. This is looking at supply and demand. It's looking at production. It's looking at transportation. It's looking at storage. It's looking at the investment proposition. And the way that we describe ourselves, if you like, because we're not clearly this growth board is not. It's not a local authority, it's no, not a local enterprise partnership, it's not uh, a development corporation, perish the thought is that it's not lots of things. What is it? Um, I think what we are is um, a strategic investment partner. And I think that we are going to be helping to move forward. And this comes back to that, you know, we are the board that's gonna get stuff done. We are going to work on these investment propositions, which will enable us to secure more um, currently offshore inward investment and, and finance. 
uh, existing UK-based um, finance and funds, and then we'll recognise what the gap is, and that's when we can have that sensible conversation with government. So. It's different because we're not taking a project to government or an investor. We're taking a strategy, which and hydrogen is a very good example where the supply and demand all needs to meet and tie up beautifully in the middle. Um, we'll be taking a strategy to government and to investors that where they can see the whole picture and how the whole piece is e-risk by everybody understanding the role they play in that. So what we're looking at now, and this is this is part of our sort of thinking through this year, is the role that we play as as, as an investment partner in there. Because at the moment we are we are a, a sort of a relatively loosely structured growth board, so we're thinking through a little bit about what that means for for ourselves as well. But it's it's I think the hydrogen piece is a really good example of the way that we're working. We're innovating. We're working collectively and collaboratively with the right partners. We're working with government priorities and agendas and those of our emerging businesses and communities and their needs for clean energy, mm -hmm. clean green energy. And we're working in a way which is highly likely to be to ensure that this is delivered. So we're de-risking our own propositions. And that for me is, is a real kind of hallmark of how we want to be seen as a board. Sure. So, you, so you really are a strategic investment partner that has sort of sustainability that you mentioned here. Some of these issues of sustain, sustainability at the heart, at the front and centre of what you're doing, um, sort of as as a project or as a vision here. Yeah, I think so. I think anybody that says I don't really care about the sustainability agenda. I don't really know where they where that person comes from or lives anymore. Certainly, where their brain comes from or lives, because it 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 would be um, foolhardy at the least, wouldn't it, to be you know deny that 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 that, that this is a key issue for us. That kind of carbon neutrality, the sort of the the the, the cleaner air, um, it is a part of our a key part of um, of growth now, and and I think an essential and implicit part of it. So. Um, what I think we're doing, which which is one of the nice distinctive things about us, is that not only have we got that international reach, because again, the hydrogen agenda, an interesting one, we need we know that international collaboration is important as hydrogen is an emerging force for good, that that international collaboration will be important. And at the Thames Estuary, we've got that international reach, those in the international reach, those international links. So I think that that's important. But we've also got that lovely combination of land and water and mm -hmm. that is a really beautiful one to have at the core of our sustainability so we're looking at modal shift for example and we don't just have to look at um, trucks onto trains here we can look at trucks onto the water as well we've effectively got another beautiful transport mechanism we're looking at getting more people on the river as well but again it feels like all roads come back to rome or at least all roads go back to hydrogen here um because it, there's no point putting stuff off a dirty truck onto a dirty vessel on the river. Um, so we're also looking at how we can be greening, working with the river operators, how we can green vessels, be that electric um, or, or, or hydrogen uh, fuel uh, vessels. So that river gives us a really nice opportunity to look at sustainability, not just from a land-based perspective, but from that beautiful interface between the water and the land. And, uh, you know, that interface is also important in terms of the work that we're doing around the production corridor and creativity, the interface with visitors, how visitors 
come and see the beautiful river, the beautiful riverfront, how we can improve access to the river by walking and cycling. So lots and lots of things for me come back to that distinctiveness, which is about that amazing river that connects us to the world, but which also helps to connect us as communities and businesses as well across across that water. So it's a really key part of who we are. So you've got a, obviously a very strong and clear vision in place here. And you mentioned you have a, a sharp team on board now pushing this agenda forward. But I guess the question I have here is, in terms of the goal that you have, in terms of where you want the estuary to be in the coming years, what are the key kind of challenges here um, in terms of achieving this vision, in terms of getting to the finish line? What are the big impediments for you moving forward? <laughs> That's a really interesting question. There's lots of ways of approaching that, aren't there? Uh, are the problems going to be practical problems around um, a lack of land supply, for example, or issues around planning, issues around energy? So are they going to be the big kind of clunky, um, practical, tangible issues like that? Um, is it going to be something which is more nuanced potentially around um, well, we can't even begin to imagine what a COVID-managed world looks like. I think it's, again, slightly foolhardy to start to anticipate what, what, what that's going to look like. But is it going to be some of the softer things around, you know, are there going to be shifts in priorities? Are there going to be shifts that we'll need to make because of emerging markets post-transition? Um, what will those things be? I think the way that we're approaching this, uh, though, and, and the way that we're managing risk, uh, and indeed the way that we're managing success, is very holistic. So we are not just looking at in success in terms of jobs and GVA and houses in that kind of quite straightforward way. We are, of course, because that will remain important. But we are also starting to look, and, and government is very interested in the work that we're doing here, on how can you, if actually part of your drive is around delivering happy and healthy and successful communities, places where anybody you or i james or anyone listening to this podcast would want to go and live how do we measure that how do we benchmark that and how do we measure that so because our measurements of success are quite granular and are quite uh, difficult to measure in some instances it means that we're measuring risk and managing risk across a lot of very very difficult and different um sort of thematic areas and streams. So, as I say, um, everything from the implementation of the, the hydrogen ecosystem to uh, working with colleagues on the production corridor and delivering, you know, more post-production film capability across the estuary. I think we're managing risk holistically and sensitively so that when any of the, these, these kind of barriers or big uh, issues come, we're well placed to deal with them because uh, I, I hope we will have anticipated them. Okay, well, Kate, I wish you the best of luck uh, moving forward with that very exciting project and we'll keep our eyes out for, for future developments in that space. Um, thanks for being here today and hopefully we'll speak again soon. Thank you so much, James. It's been a real joy speaking to you. Thank you.